you know, it says, why are you in so much fear today? It puts a question out to you. And it doesn't let you answer it, which was great, because the book would have been 1,800 pages of, you know, stories of why I'm in fear. And it says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? It's beautiful. So, if you look at the chicken comes before the egg, or the egg comes before the chicken, so fear, a lot of people believe fear is the cause of a lot of things in their lives, which it is. But what's causing the fear isn't fear, it's self-reliance. Yeah, that's what he says, if you look at it. Why are you in so much fear today? It doesn't say, because you're in fear of this, this, that, that, that. It says, no, because self-reliance has failed you. So you're, you're living life from reliance on this idea of being a self, which is presented and reinforced by the thought system. Your thought system pictures you and I as a body. When you think about you, you think about you and you're pictured as a body. That's how the mind sees you. If you think about you just eight hours ago, you can't think about your spirit eight hours ago because your spirit hasn't really changed any quality. And you don't need to think about it to remember it because it's always here, spirit, let's say. So it doesn't need to be remembered, it's so... So, but the thought system, if you think about yourself eight hours ago, you're pictured as a body up in there, don't you? That's what you feel like. And then, yeah, and if it's ten years ago or five seconds ago, when it thinks about you in the past, you're pictured as a body. It can't think about you as a spirit. It can think about you as a spirit in the reference of a body. Yeah? And when it's thinking, and this isn't you thinking, it's the thought system. The thought system isn't generated by you. What it does is it generates a you, a you. And then we become identified with that a you. Now it becomes all about you. And then that you goes even farther and is crowned a special you called me, which absolves you from any connection with all the other yous. Yeah? Even though... <laughs> body, 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 but I beg to differ. I'm not you, and I'm not really this, I'm me, I'm a special crowned you, to call me. It's totally insane, if you ever see, if you see it. So, so here, alright, so let's say you're worried about this thing going on for three hours this talk, which it isn't, you know. Or, you know, <laughs> you're going to be charged something, which you ain't. Maybe your interest and attention. And uh, so you're worried, and you're worried about what am I going to do later on? You're picturing yourself as a body later on, obviously. Yeah, you think I'm going to go to the store. The spirit doesn't go to the store. The body does. You know, you go to, and the store, spirit isn't going to eat agandas. The body's going to eat agandas. Yeah. So the thought system. Let's say our flagship station, K Paul, okay, whoever it is in the room. You know what I mean? It's it's in the franchise of Unclear Channel, not Clear Channel, that giant monopoly. It's Unclear Channel. We're all listening to the same thing, thinking it's different. It's about us, you know. <laughs> Where it's only is about a you. It only does all it's generating is a a story, a life story based on a you. The mind does the rest. The mind makes the leap into me and becomes identified with it. Yeah? And now you live at li- you look at life from a self-centered point of view. And then Bill W. says that point of view, reliance on that, 
is a failed system and it's provoking all the fear that you have in your life. Yeah. And really, what it's really provoking mostly is mental anxiety. Because fear is a valid emotion and if you were lucky, maybe you've only had it 10 times in your life. If you've been unlucky, like some of us, maybe 50, 60 times, where something's happening and you're scared shit and the adrenaline kicks in. Like one time I was in the water in Australia, I saw a shark and man, I was drenched in adrenaline, man, rushing. But the mental, the mental state is producing or mimicking the physical feelings of fear by thinking about yesterday and tomorrow. So most of us have anxiety, but it's not, it's being produced now, but it's not based on now. It's based on yesterday. So I am scared right now, but there's no apparent threat. I mean, that should be an indication that something's off, that you're reacting to something that's not happening, really. I mean, out here, you know, in the wheels and the nuts and bolts, but it's happening in the head. Thoughts are presenting a scenario in the future that you're reacting to now with contraction, yeah? And so, that, that we're like getting like, it's like buzzing us, like with a, us, a little shot of adrenaline, like 30 times a day. It's like you're getting electrocuted. People are having earth-shattering events every day, and the earth never shatters. I mean, they're just totally flipping out about, really, what's not happening. What's, you know... We have a role in that. It's not we're being victimized. We're participating in it. Because the thought can't generate a feeling about what's not happening which is the future, unless you believe it. Yeah? Unless you believe in the thoughts, the thoughts can't do the trick of causing you to space out now and be totally reactive to what's not going on. There's got to be a role you and I play, which is belief. We believe in the thoughts. We believe the thoughts and we believe they're about us, and therefore they can, they can solicit a reaction. Not because they can, because you can have the same thoughts and not be reacting to them like I am to the same thoughts. So it's obviously not the thoughts, it's my participation with the thoughts. I'm believing them. What sets me up to believe them is I'm in love with the thoughts in a sense because they're about me. Yeah, It's all about me. And the system of self-centeredness obviously is centered on self. It's obsessed with self. And how do we exhibit that obsession with thoughts? Yeah. I mean, how much obsession with self could I be in right now? Really, not that much, but I can be right now in tons of obsession with thoughts, thinking about yesterday and tomorrow. <laughs> I could be totally consumed. I'm going to have cancer three years from now, right now, but I don't have cancer now. Yeah. So not having cancer now doesn't override that I'm going to have cancer. Which is mind-boggling that something that's not happening is always overriding what's happening. I think it's a huge robbery, like a huge heist all day. We're getting ripped off. Life is now turned into a mental interpretation. 
Yeah, of course you're going to want freaking relief. From what? Self. And for me, the selfing was so bad, I was apt to do anything to get relief, and I did it in the venue of alcohol and drugs. I, I would pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now, because that was basically the state I found myself in most days. And it wasn't because of all the circumstances, it was the mental circumstances. It was driving me freaking crazy. Yeah. You know, let's say you run, and then there's a point where you stop running, yeah? Like you ran, let's say, five miles, but then you stop. But when does the thinking stop? When have you thought enough about something? You know, when is that case closed? That file put away? But the head goes back and goes over shit constantly. You know what I mean? It refers this to that thing that someone did to you that actually probably never even happened 20 years ago. And so it's just unbelievable. It will never find, there's no cold case in its files. It's always able, oh, you know. To me, it's slavery. That's what it is. And so the feel, if I can't seem to get out of the slavery, what I'm going to do, let's say the slaves, like in real life, they'd sing songs and do this and make alcohol or whatever. I do drugs and alcohol. I want relief on the chain gang. <laughs> if I'm going to be on the chain gang and there's no hope to get out of it, I want to get as high as I can. So I don't fucking, so I can just, be, you know, forget it. At least for a second, before the slave master comes and slaps me to get on with it. So, this whole idea of, uh, I don't know, you know, it's just a simple imitation. I entertained it, it produced the goods, long-lasting relief. A, a, a stabilization of traveling lighter over years now of my life. Not changing the geography of what was ready for the action figure, but traveling later over it all. Operations, not operations, money, not money, girlfriends, no girlfriends, on and on and on and on. Yeah. Because you are what you're truly looking for, but not, at, not as what's looking, not as what you believe is looking. That's what's driving you crazy. But you are what you're looking for, like St. Francis said. What's looking is what you are looking for. You are it. You are the solution. And you can seem to be the problem. It's based on what your relationship to thoughts are. If the thoughts are yours, and you take them to be all about you, you're now a devotee of that fucking church, that system, and you're going you're gonna to get all your prayers answered with tons of anxiety. You're going to be constantly concerned about what's not happening. If you're irritated, you're going to do something about it sooner or later. Yeah? It becomes the imperative. That's why the greatest solution to dissatisfaction and irritability and restlessness is satisfaction and contentment. Those feelings, those things don't stir anymore to cause you to get anxious than to do something crazy and do something stupid. You live in what we call the pause. Yeah? You live in the pause, where you're not driven by thought. You're, you're located prior to the thought, and it's a sense feltness, it's a presence. And then thoughts happen in that space, instead of being totally doled out and just constantly being provoked by thoughts all day, you have an immunity to the thoughts. 
because not and it didn't happen by getting you know learning how to control the thoughts it's realizing the thoughts aren't yours and they're not about you they're about a you and you're not that what they're about you are not that no way yeah and some of their tapes are unbelievable if you were some if you were at two levels above a coconut you realize hey this is from circa 1987 I've heard this for years as the, as the new dialogue of this contemporary day. It's way out of date most times, yeah? Like when I work with people, I, I tell them this. Do a bare-bone inventory. Just write down when you wake up in the morning. You take a shower, have a coffee, go to work, had a bologna sandwich at lunch, went to get a latte, do this, do that, got home, washed up, went to a meeting, and then... Just do it for a week. Just, you know, have those bare-bone accounts. And then just try to feel what the narration in your head was while you were doing those things. Fucking, you're not doing enough. You're fucking empty. You should be producing. So It's totally off on the basic what happened. You were fucking busy as hell that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? You did more than enough. But you have not accrued enough value. You have not accrued enough value. <laughs> it's just it's just fucking playing God all day. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go then what happens? All right, we're confronted with this disease, and what do we do? We try to think about it. <laughs> we just promotes more of it. You know what I mean? I say I can't hang out tonight. I gotta go home and think about some shit. Please don't. I'll hang out with you, which I hate to do, but I'll go to a movie with you. Just do not go home and think about it, because it will spawn 20 more problems. The thinking is failed. It's a failed system, and its, its center is an imaginary you. So, the head, like, the, you ever hear, this is great download called the Course in Miracles he talks they talk about it very clearly in the first seven lessons where you know you and I give everything all the meaning it has nothing has any meaning whatsoever and it basically describes it as why is this all going on because you and I see only the past we're seeing from an imaginary thing that actually never happened therefore our, all our looking is blind we're actually blind and when we're consumed with thought we're in a dull space where the light isn't seemingly available, either coming from us or coming in. We're like out to lunch, so to speak. Yeah. This is the this is like the the curtain or the the cloth of selfing. It constantly, 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 constantly presents you as a body. Yeah. So it remembers you as a body in the past and you feel like a body now. It remembers you as a body in the future by worry, yeah, or let's say excitement about a future event, yet while it's what it's actually doing with all that worrying about you in the future is remembering you as a body now. That's the bondage of self. We become bonded to this idea of being a self. And if we have become bonded, we can obviously become unbonded. So if you can see what couples you to that idea, you can get the solution from that coupling. You can, you can see and stay prior to the coupling. 
Instead of trying to get out of what you think you're in, you realize you've never been in what you thought you were in. That's the solution. That doesn't take any time. So the solution in this case is always prior to the problem. Prior. In other words, what we believe is so has never been so. It only seems to be so. And if you want to know, the most important word in this whole event is seemingly. Read the definition of it. It appears to be true or false to you. And everything here is seemingly so. Yeah. It can be so extreme, and you, if you go to recovery where people have, they have a very clear idea of what was the worst thing that ever happened to them. I mean, they're sure that was the worst freaking thing. They use it for excuses about everything else. Not getting married is because of that, or we're never getting married. That, that's the worst thing. And then they come into recovery, and they have a change of mind. <laughs> that's all that needs to be happened is a change of mind. And then suddenly, they see the worst thing that ever happened as the best thing that ever happened. Now, how could the worst thing be the best thing? If it was a real worst thing, that's what it would be. Until it stopped being a thing, it would be worst thing. <laughs> if it was real. But it isn't real. It's how we see it. Yeah. I saw that situation, I said, that's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Then I changed, and I look at the same situation, and I go, that's the best thing that ever happened to me. The, ba- the situation is based on my view of it. Yeah? Just like this is an event here. Events happen, deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. So here's the event. And the event is going, isn't going to imprint its reality. You're going to give it the meaning it has. Everyone here is going to have a different experience of this event. Some people hate it, bored, don't get it, this and that. Others will be feeling the presence, sensing the space. And that's very, very relaxing. Very, very reassuring. Same event, exact same, but everyone will have a different take on it. That's our role, like it or not. You are the reality, in a sense. Everything that appears to be true or false to you. Yeah? It's not saying we're appearing to be true or false to anything else. Everything appears to be true or false to us. It says, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Now, everything is pretty comprehensive, yeah? Everything. <laughs> meaning, everything falls under its circle. And all is pretty comprehensive. I mean, you can't get more extreme statements. Everything and all means that's it, pretty much. There's no exemption. So you and I give everything all the meaning it has. This has been given the meaning of me by the mental state here. The mind, the bigger mind, is, has been going along with it for quite a while, causing the bigger mind to seemingly forget its nature and start to acquire a nature of being a body, which provokes the possibility of a lot of fear because a lot of things this body needs it may not get. And it's worried about it, the instinctual agenda. It's very concerned how my day's going to go for me. Yeah. So the mind, sort of like the mind, a huge, huge camera with a huge, huge lens, like 360-degree lens, that changes itself all different colors and everything like that, 
just unbelievable, is walking around and it sees a small camera, a very old, like, brownie, you know, Kodak fucking brownie or something, with a very fixed aperture, only a very small thing, with a tinted lens, yellow. Everything you picture looks like it's yellow when you see the picture from this. So here it is. So the huge mind, the huge camera, looks through the small camera, and while it's looking through the small camera, it takes itself to be the small camera. So now it accepts or tolerates this very small view. Now life is put into time instead of being timeless in the moment. It's now stretched out into yesterdays and tomorrows. And it sort of tries to adapt the best it can to the world as seen through this small camera. But it produces a lot of dis ill ease and discomfort because it's a huge, huge view that's taking a very small, small view. What would happen if it entertained, I may not be this? It would step back, and by stepping back from the small camera, it would get a hit of its big camera-ness. Yeah, that's what it's like. That's what a quote-unquote spiritual awakening is like. You see what you've been looking from. You see it. You see the body, not as you. And then you see, and it has nothing to do with the body. It's the body being given the attributes of spirit. Yeah? So that you forget spirit by thinking the body has those attributes. That the body is what's seeing. That the body is what's hearing. The body is what's feeling. The body is what's thinking. The body is doing everything. You know? I'm the doer and the haver. I'm the seer, the feeler, the taster. And therefore, the spirit is ever presently obvious all day, but you're mistaking it. You think you're seeing, or the eye is seeing, and I'm telling you, the eye only facilitates seeing. The eye is not seeing. If this body died and nothing happened to this part of it, this body died, that eye wouldn't be seeing anything. If you took it out of this dead body, put it in a live body, it would facilitate seeing. The ears aren't hearing. The ears facilitate hearing. What's hearing, what's seeing, what's feeling, what is that? Is it a body that's doing that? When you close your eyes, do you really feel you stop here, yeah, yeah, right in there? And you're only this size, you know what I mean? Like what they used to say, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And if you hear that from a body reference, you think the heaven, kingdom of heaven is pretty small. Very little barking in the kingdom of heaven if it's within me. You know what I mean? No, it's within what you are, which is mind, not body. When you close your eyes, do you stop there? Or do you sense a much larger space? Yeah? The indications, the invitations constantly available, constantly all day, because you are what's seeing. When I identify with this, I believe this is what's seeing. It turns into a form of looking called self-centeredness and it becomes blind to the seeing. And it's so insane that you may even try to look for what's seeing. <laughs> so you'll be stuck in the story of the Buddha will be seeking the Buddha. <laughs> the mind will be seeking mind. Light will be seeking light. <laughs> a great Zen master says you can do that for eons and nothing's going to happen. 
So if you're seeking the Buddha and believe it's in someone else, your head is using that belief in someone else to affirm it's not you. And therefore, it'll have tons of masters, especially dead masters. They're the easiest ones to have. A live one is a little dicey because they may confront you with something. But dead masters can be everything you want them to be, especially they're dead. <laughs> but <laughs> so what is it that's looking out of the head? Do you think it's the body or is it mind? And if it is mind, then if you're using mind to seek mind, it's not going to work. Or in the situation recovery is people are trying to get out of self as a self. And self can't get out of self. Just like in all the sciences and everything, they're constantly studying everything, but what studies everything can't be studied. Mind is never going to know mind as an object. No. Like I say in physics, the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. Yeah? They had this, one of the first ones, it was funny, they had, they had a big research grant to find light as waves, so that, that, that team found light appearing as waves. Another research got a grant to find it as uh, particles, then light appeared as particles. It's almost like light dance to the tune that you have. Yeah? You are... You are it. Yeah. Light dances to your tune. It will appear as you want it to appear, in a sense. But what is it that's seeing what's seeing? Nothing. There's only seeing, and nothing, nothing sees it. Yeah. There's only what's hearing is never going to be heard, ever. Ever. What's feeling is never going to be felt. What's Seeing is never going to be seen. It would have to be an object, a thing, for that to happen. And what seeing is not a thing. If you want to call it spirit, or mind, or being, or consciousness, or awareness, they're all indications of something. But one, they all hold one thing intact. It's not a thing. <laughs> There's not like a thing called awareness that you're going to arrive at. There's not a thing called the truth that you're going to arrive at. So there's another statement that says, the observation distorts what's observed. Oh, yeah. Seemingly so. It's like that thing we had, that Monty Python skit, where they're in, the, they're in an English garden, basically, but they're acting like they're on an African safari, and they've lost, they have no more water and no more food, and they're all dirty, and they come out of the bush, and they're like really afraid they're going to die, and then one of them says hey, there's a film crew filming us. And then the, the aperture opens up and there's the film crew and it has sandwiches and water. And they go, oh, we're saved. And they're like celebrating. And then they go, we're being filmed. And there's another film <laughs> It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. That which is seeing is never going to be seen, ever, ever. They can study, you know, what, they find the guard particle, now they find smaller particles. They're going to keep finding smaller particles because what's looking is God. That's what it is. And they can just keep making more and more stuff up, but it's never going to become something that we find as a thing. It's the seeing. It's a verbing. It's not a noun to be found. Yeah? If 
Mm-hmm. And notice this, this is always so no matter what. If you're up your ass of self, it's still so. But it won't seem so to you. That's the dilemma. You'll believe that you're a body. You'll believe that, you're, that you can be unloved. You believe that joy is provoked from outside events. You believe happiness, something like this, has to be something I attain. Yeah. There's a belief that we're not what we're looking for. That's constantly reinforced all day. The seeking has never stopped since the teat. Since you had the first hit of your mother's milk, there's been seeking ever since. The mental state's just seeking, 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 seeking. For the sake of seeking, really. It's scared shit of finding, tell the truth. It's just seeking, 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 seeking. Yeah. It's agitation promoting more agitation. Like another great Zen statement says, you can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. You can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. Yeah. So we were talking at a recovery meeting on Sunday about expectations. And then there's everyone's trying to do something. I've got to give up expectations. That would be an expectation. <laughs> if I give up my expectations, I'll get relief from not having it. That's an expectation. See, you can't never... Self can't get out of self. <laughs> it's such great news because if you're not that which you're driven to get out of, maybe you'll finally realize... How you're out of it is you were never in it. It only has reached the level of seemingly so. Just like your worst day can become the best day in ten minutes and then become the worst day in another hour. Yeah, things can go so extreme. You're in Nirvana at nine o'clock, nine o five. You're in a deep, you know, lifelong depression. It's fucking unbelievable how things can seemingly be so. They're not really based on anything, just on how you're viewing things at that very moment. And a lot of the viewing aren't yours. It's like this. This is our head. That's what is happening there. This undercurrent with some kind of point, but it's not point. There's no point to it. It's never going to override the fact that you are what you're looking for. No matter how specific and how incredibly disciplined your looking becomes, it's still going to run into the dilemma that you are what you're looking for. So maybe when you're looking really hard, it's actually reinforcing a blindness to what's looking. It could possibly be turned that way by the mental state. And I've seen it, you know. I've seen it with spiritual groups. Spiritual groups, they're not like us. Because no one comes up to anyone in a spiritual group and says, Hey, listen, you've had enough. (laughs) No more meetings. Come on, come on. No more retreats. Put down that fucking DVD. No more, don't pick up that book. I'm just going to go to Walmart for the day. No. No, there's no interventions or everything like this. The seeking's going on constantly in so many amphitheaters and theaters. It doesn't have the extreme effects like alcohol and drug addiction, so it it gets to be held as different. It's no different. They're just different degrees of consequences. But it's the same incessant seeking and driving, driving, yeah? 
Because it runs into this dilemma of self can't get out of self. You cannot transcend an imaginary place. You can't get out of an imaginary place. That's the dilemma we're running into. We're trying to meditate ourselves, shop ourselves, sex ourselves, work at ourselves, out of a place we think we're in, and we're not in that place. We only think we're in that place. All the while we think we're in that place, the, the non-place of our reality is always available at all times, right where you are, with no conditions necessary except for the ones you put up, basically. As Jesus says, as you believe, so it is. And that's the truth. As we believe, so it is. If we believe we're a body, so it will be. For maybe 80 years, 90 years. It can't go on forever, but it can appear in time that way. So this is what, to me, you know, the, the, let's say the primary condition which spawns all the other addictions is obsession with self. Yeah? And basically, every time I shot drugs, I was trying to get relief from that, basically. I was way past the point of being high and having a party. It was a job. I wanted to fucking dismiss myself. Even when I only got a rush of 20, 15 seconds out of that state, it was worth it. Worth whatever I had to deal with that day. I'd just do a shot of coke and I... Yeah. What do I, what would, what, what could drive us to such an extent we're apt to do almost anything to get relief from it? Yeah. A pretty powerful parasite, a pretty, pretty powerful condition. And this condition, the whole sway over us has to have an incredible strategy because you, if you really truly recognized it for what it was, the next thing you could entertain is I could be free from it. But we're identified as it. So when we believe and hope for freedom, it's included. When we buy a ticket to the plane to a Nirvana, we're buying for two. <laughs> we want that to come along. And it ain't gonna, it's not gonna, it's, if you drop that into heaven, it'll be hell in a day. <laughs> this fucking insane edge. I mean, it's never gonna respond to heaven as if it's heaven. It's gonna respond to heaven as if, this sucks. You know what I mean? I should be wearing a whiter robe than you or something. You'll find something to fucking bitch about, won't it? It's, it's insane. So, I don't know, I fell upon a secret. And the secret was, I'm not that. Yeah? Downloaded. It was very, very clear. It wasn't built over time. It happened in a timeless event. But I suddenly came out of that event with a clarity I had never been able to achieve or acquire or produce. And the clarity was, I'm not that. I'm not that which is being implied by the thought system all day. I'm not that. All the thought system is doing, it cannot produce me as a body. All it can do is infer that. It can imply that. It can assume that. It can reinforce that, but it can't make it. I if I believe in the thoughts, I make it seem that way. I take on the sense of being a body, with all the limitations that come along with that. Yeah, that's what happens. And I and I realize, geez, I've been trying to become free as this for a long fucking time. When the freedom is based on from it. When I saw it wasn't me, the next thing I entertained, I could be free from it. 
which I hadn't been able to entertain. All the time I was entertaining freedom in the past, it was as that, for that, by that. But finally, I hit the money, which it's from it. I saw I'm not that. And then that's that. And so what happened? What happened? Quickly and slowly, I lost interest in all that which fuels that idea of being Paul. The thought system primarily. I started to see the thoughts that were held for so many years as mine, or about me, I saw them as like foreign thoughts. They're not about me, and they're not mine. What happened? I had space from them. That the thought, the orbit of the thought around this mental planet was, is so tight, it's sort of like having saran wrap wrapped around your head. Yeah? You can still say you're seeing, but after 50 layers of saran wrap, you're not really making out anything fucking clear. You know what I mean? You're like just speculating. You know? So suddenly it moved away. The saran wrap started to come off. No thought effort on my part. Yeah? And then I started to see anew. Jesus. So I became awake to being awake. Literally. I couldn't claim it because I had nothing to do with it. Therefore, I didn't achieve it, so I can't lose it. <laughs> it's not based on my, my actions or thoughts or feelings or anything. It's inherently so, and that's that. Now, that became an unswerving, un, unfiltered, unbroken light that's been coming into my life ever since. And it's allowed me to travel lighter here. Like years. Day in and day out. Incessantly available at all times, right where you are. And if you allow it, a little of it to come in, it changes a whole lot. It's like the guy, and there's an old Hindu story about the guy has this huge heavy package on his head and he's walking and he's walking with it all the time. Then he gets on the train and the train takes off and he still has it on his head and the guy near, and the train says, hey, you can put it down now. Yeah? <laughs> the train's taking us. You don't have, you're not carrying the thing anymore. <laughs> the train is. Yeah? Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, that's what it's like. And it's not even a like, oh, you put down the rock, you realize you had never picked up the rock. It seemed like you had. <laughs> I really seemed like I was fucked. Of course you did, man. What's dreaming this dream is a damn good fucking movie maker. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you're the reality and you believe something, it's going to seem to be as real as real can be. Because you're the reality. You know, so if you believe it's like the movie isn't that good, it's the audience that makes it good. We'll believe in this shit. <laughs> We're like participating in it. We can't wait for the next Die Hard Twelve to see what happens to Paul again. You know, we're just cherishing this idea of being a Paul, and we're willing to put up with so much shit because we're all pretty forgetful of the other possibilities. You wouldn't believe what you're putting up with if the possibility of real relief became available to you. You would see the slavery of it all. You really would. You would see that you've been just led by the nose for years and years and years of just taking an interpretation as the God-honest living truth. And it ain't. It's all been contrived and manufactured, and it has no gluing ability except your belief in it. 
And then you'll save you. You won't have to do anything like this. You know, you fucking do this. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's, if it's fun. I don't know if that would, I'd have a sore throat after that. But, you know, it's, it's much easier this way. Because I am what I'm looking for. Already. Now, what happened? It, it severely changed all that I was looking at. <laughs> because most of what I was looking for was to find me. And now I realize that what's looking the whole time was what I was looking for. So, <laughs> now the looking goes this way. Rest in the presence, the space, and then I see what happens during the day, you know? But I'm sure not looking for a solution anymore. <laughs> I'm looking for a solution to my, let's say, my car problems and shit like that, or, you know, to help me find my keys, but I have no metaphysical angst. as self becomes the reference. Everything you hear, that's the first myth that goes up. So you think you're hearing it. Yeah? So if you hear the message, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm the lion, it may resonate for you. You may like it. It's attractive. I'm a lion, I'm a lion. But how it's actually being interpreted by the mental state, which arises very quickly in time, supposedly in a 500th of a second, the selfing arises. So very little is ever going to beat it in this world of time, but timelessness will always outdraw it. Because timelessness, the gun's always out. It can never be beat. See? And we are of timelessness, like Jesus supposedly says, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And if this world isn't anything, it's time. This world has a huge, huge time thing going on, doesn't it? It seems to influence everybody. Everyone's being moved along to the next bigger, better fucking thing. So if it says we're in it, but not of it, what would we be of? Obviously, timelessness. So we are of timelessness. And nothing in time is ever going to outdraw that. Now see that the broke, it's broke. The turmoil broke and now they've seen the sun. They finished their journey only to start another one. This is just staying in this all the time, you know. (laughs) The aperture's open. You're awake. There's no doubt about it. You are the observation that distorts everything that's observed. You are the giver of all the meanings that anything has for you. You are all that. These aren't, these aren't fables. They're pointers. They're indicating what's actually going on here. That the, the, influ- the major influence of any experiment is going to be the observer of it. The major influence of any life is going to be the liver of it. We play a big role here, a huge role. This isn't like a victim or a passive, you know, invitation. It's like you are the light, you know. 
you'll you'll realize you are you are the light that's brought into your life, not what not the light you're looking for through your life, but you are the light brought into it. Yeah. When I surf in the water and it produces that joy, the joy isn't in the act of surfing or the water. It gets triggered. It's in me. I have the potentiality of the joy. There's certain passions in life that triggers it, makes it more obvious, but that isn't producing it. Yeah? I'd be crazy to think I have to only be in water for it to happen. That would be insane, because if I hurt my knee, I can't go in the water. What does that imply? There goes the joy. That's not so. I'm the joy. The potential, all potential, is right where I'm sitting. It's going to go a certain way if it's directed by from self, and it's going to go another way when it's directed by centeredness. Not self-centeredness, but centeredness. Yeah? Life will look differently from two different views. One I've had plenty of. It leads, leads to addiction, demoralization, pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. It leads to an anxiousness of not getting what I want and losing what I have. It leads to a lot of these predilections that really drove me crazy. The other allows me to travel lighter over what shows up. We're all going to be directed. We're, We're just conductors. Light is either being conducted through it or we're a curtain factory keeping the light in. Really, one or the other. So we have these meanings just to remind ourselves. A little reminder goes a long, long way. Seriously. Because we know it all. We we know it inside. When I first heard this, I couldn't understand it. I didn't, couldn't study it, but I got it like an unspoken yes. I knew what I heard was the most true thing I had ever heard. Yeah, there was no, no debate about it. Now, I didn't have the equipment to fit myself around that message. But that message is very clear. Yeah? So a lot of undoing had to happen so that I would allow me to fit myself around what this possibility brought because it brought freedom. And a lot of us aren't equipped to fit ourselves around freedom. We want it as a future goal or as a contrivance, like something that's provoked by an event. But the, the, the freedom that we are is scary to the mental state, hugely scary. So, any questions? I'm happy to see everybody. It's good. But it's already in. It's like you've all been served. So have I. I'm not exempt. It's not like I'm not listening. I've come to every meeting I've ever given. I'm the one who has attended the most meetings in this room. There was a wisdom in me. (laughs) If I'm not, I'm tired of paying to go to hear people infrequently I have to fly over to India I'm just gonna hey fuck it I'm putting it out myself <laughs> I'll save myself tons of travel and, and troubles and books and everything else <laughs> I found that to be true if you're like in AA they say you know you have to have it to give it away but I believe if you're willing to give it away you'll have it tell you the truth that's my view if you're willing for this thing to come through it will more than gladly come through
Yeah. I've got a question for you, but I just I just want to hear your feedback. Um, something that I've heard about um, memories. When we uh, recall a memory, um, I heard that we're really uh, recalling um, the feeling that we last felt when we thought about that memory. Does that make sense? Yeah. What they say now is when you recall a memory of an event, right. all you recall is a memory. Right, of when you... Yeah, you yeah. never get to the event, it's because never, there's no event. You, you can never get as close to the All you have is memory. That's, That's what we're running by. Yeah. Our whole idea of this real thing we call the past is totally rooted in right. memory. So. When we were babies, we didn't have it, because the memory hadn't developed yet. Yeah. So you're never going to get... You know, it's, you know how it used to always be? You'd go back to your hometown and you had some major events with a bunch of people, and then you'd get together for drinks or something, and everyone would have a different take of the same event. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I was driving the van. No, I you was know, just always... I mean, there's no reality to this fucking place. <laughs> it really isn't. It's totally arbitrary. It's totally seemingly so. Literally. You know, so yeah, when you remember something, all you remember is a memory of it. <laughs> In AA, they say, talk about resentment, which means to refeel. Everything is a re. That's all we're doing. We're reacting, we're rehashing, we're rethinking, we're refeeling. We're living, we're living from a past that's totally imaginary, and then projecting it into another imaginary state, the future. And we're reacting to those. It's like having a total belief. It's like the... The, the perfect epitome of the statement playing God. That's what's happening. The mental state is playing God. It's calling memories the truth, and it's living from those which aren't, and it's projecting another truth called the future. It's playing God in time. That's its realm. But in timelessness is the real God. At all times, with all the playing of God, there is the reality. That's always available at all times. It's like the sky that never gets touched by anything that happens in it. So all the clouds, how many millions of clouds have gone over across the sky? Not one last left the lasting impression on the sky. Yeah? Every time it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. It's the ground. Yeah? When a bird shits, it doesn't land on the sky. It lands on our car. Yeah? That's like mine. That's what our nature is like. It's perfectly pristine. No blemish at all has ever been laid on it. Yeah? In other words, you are forgiven before anything ever fucking happened. Now, does that become absolutely so to you? No, but it's a damn good thing to drop into that insane system to start causing havoc in how you see things. So, bring in a couple of absolutes... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the system starts going <laughs> and then you have moments of total clarity which just informs you of the absolute clarity just because you don't have an experience of it all day doesn't mean it's not available all day you may be looking at it in the wrong venue which is experience it's a state or prior to states so to me I'm not experiencing all this shit yeah? but I sense this, what I am, is influencing all my experiences. But I never experience it because it would have to be something to experience and I'm not a something. Yeah? I'm not going to be seen. I'm never going to be had. 
<laughs> Which is great. Because whatever you, whatever you see can be unseen, whatever you have can be lost. That's not the reality. The reality isn't coming and going. Yeah. It's always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary other than the ones you've put up. So if you feel like you really need to do something, you better do it. <laughs> I don't feel like I need to do much. So the pressure's off, really. I mean, if I felt like I really needed to meditate, I'd be in a meditation class. But I don't feel that. I did a lot of meditation. And it's led me to not needing to meditate. Maybe I'm making a big mistake, but I don't care either. <laughs> you blew it. All right, fine. <laughs> I've been punished so, so much. Fuck it. I'll, be, I'm, I'll make it. It's okay to be. I may have totally blown this whole thing. I get, who cares anymore? This is all obsession with self. That you're so fucking important, and you're not. <laughs> not as an action figure. We're a dime a dozen, man. <laughs> no one's going to have many memories of you. A few people, maybe. Maybe you'll have, in their memory catalog, four. <laughs> four little memories, which will fade quickly. <laughs> <laughs> We're like hoses, something moves through. Yeah. Don't you feel like you're directed? That's the joy of, let's say, recovery. Through the auspices of surrender, you, you start having a sense, it may be made up or what, it doesn't matter, but it feels a lot better than the other one. You have a sense that you're just being used, you know, something's moving through. So you feel like you meditated more than meditating. You know, you feel meditated. You feel like there's something going on, sort of like water that just sees you as a hose, so it comes through you. And when water goes through, it cleans everything it comes in contact with. Yeah? So you get cleaner and lighter, but I don't even think that's the point. It's just that you open to the possibility to be navigated or directed by some other aspect than self-centeredness. Because you ran into the rocks... And maybe there was a sober assessment that happened. That's what happened with me. It was a download. And it was like something pierced to my innermost, went right through the mental state. Because I had admitted I was a drug addict and an alcoholic many times to get more drugs and more drinks. Yeah? I had no problem admitting I'm an alcoholic. But to admit to my own innermost self had to be a miracle. Because I had no idea innermost self. Oh, I thought this was me. Something pierced in there, and I'll tell you, it was like a CNN news flash. No story. I'm fucked. And that's been the salvation ever since. I'm not managerial quality. Yeah, so I'm open to be led, and something's leading quite well. And uh, I've been an incredible beneficiary of having the greatest gift of all in this place of time and action, traveling lighter. Yeah. I hear so many people, fucking, they travel so heavy, man. And how are you going to deal with an imaginary problem? It's very difficult to sort of, okay, let's hear, let's hear it, you know? Like, I, I have a joke about becoming, going into psychiatry, and my, my uh, 
specialty would be what's not happening. So I'd, I'd line up about 80, you know, uh, appointments a day. I could make all my money in one day because people walk in expecting an hour and they start complaining about what's not happening. And I go, that's not happening. I'll see you next week. <laughs> you know, get the next one in. It would be fucking unbelievable. Like, a minute. How long does it take to recognize something's not happening? <laughs> it doesn't take any time at all because it's not happening. You know, literally. I know people don't like to hear that, but it's true, isn't it? I can't see the problem. I can't feel it, taste it, touch it. All I can do is hear it being described by the thought system. I'm really, really concerned about what? Uh, next week. Okay. <laughs> Show me next week. Then we can maybe we can renovate next week. Bring it in. Give me the keys. I'll go there and I'll work on it. So when you get there, it'll be different than you think. But there's no next week. How are you going to do it? Yeah? Isn't it frustrating? Paul, i got to talk to you. Oh, please don't. Please don't. Please. No, I do. I've got to talk to you. I'm really working. <laughs> All right. So then you hold the space. Just hold the space. Let the pantomime go on, you know? And, you know, it's funny because if you let it go on, it always goes back to where you really wanted to bring it anyway. They get exhausted in five minutes, and they go, oh, I guess it's nothing to worry about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so there is a solution. There really is. That's the good news. And a solution worth its salt. I mean, a real solution where they imply it in the book of AA, where it says, the problem will not exist for you anymore. That's a fucking good solution. And for it to stabilize, it, the greatest point is if it doesn't exist as you. Because the real root of the problem is identification as a self. That's the dilemma. Alcoholism is a fixed on that and ex- makes it an extreme. It's sort of like taking an acoustic, or acoustic guitar and making it electric. But it's a basic, without the guitar it couldn't do what it does. Self-centeredness is the Petri dish for alcoholism. That's where it grows. It grows in self, and then it gets obsessed like a tumor. You know? But what happened if there was no sense of self being identified with? It wouldn't have a place to affix. Yeah, it couldn't grab hold. All right, that's that. We'll pass the basket.